Hi guys, I'm Kristen and this is Carla. Hi. Join us as we explore origin stories and fun facts or something. Due to technical difficulties, this is like our fifth like introduction attempt. The last one was pretty good, I have to say. I enjoyed it. Oh no, I like Oliver. Yeah, right. So now we're just gonna be like panicking, like, quick, get to the presentation. (laughs) Damn it, technical difficulties. So I'm gonna recap everything we covered in the first things. Okay. Greg (laughs) forgot his rain Rain jacket, jacket. and he got (laughs) there was a downpour, and he was caught in it. It was the worst downpour you've ever seen. So that was comical. <laughs> then I was clanking around with iced coffee, and Conan had just given Gorley heck for having an icy drink on his <laughs> podcast. Did I learn from that? No. And we both love Paul F. Tompkins. His voice is amazing. Yes. And then I the fourth attempt, uh, what was the last thing? Oh, yeah, that we both, without fail, dance. <laughs> every single in, time. Every time. <laughs> During the little pause that we give ourselves, like to insert our little theme music, there's no need to dance. It's just silence. And we sit there and we're just <laughs> there's silent no music dancing. playing for us, but no, we know no, there no. will be for you guys. So we like to give it a yeah. little dance. <laughs> yeah, we're on it. So <laughs> that was a great recap. We're Thanks. hilarious and delightful. We're so delightful. It's not even funny. Um, All the people who hate preamble on podcasts will be loving this. They're like, can you do this every time? Just a really quick recap. (laughs) (laughs) What? You know, I kind of hate preamble sometimes, but I don't know. Like, you have to do it. Sometimes you're in a mood for it. Sometimes you're not. Sometimes the preamble is better than the episode. Sometimes it's not. Yeah. But if you don't preamble at all, it's sort of like... You just get right... Well, I guess it a lot feels of podcasts weird. just get right into it. <laughs> <laughs> it feels weird, though. Whatever. It feels, like, too much down to business. Like, too official, in a way. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Like, I don't we're, know. And all, we're awesome. So everyone wants to hear us blabbing about our wonderful lives. <laughs> yeah, how depressed we are about everything. And we right? hate the world. <laughs> you guys... <laughs> then we say Look. you guys a million times because <laughs> it's true you guys it is you guys are you guys and you're gonna like it <laughs> that's what we should name the podcast you guys you it's guys. true <laughs> uh okay do we want to okay. just jump right into your topic we better it's, because it's a carla episode things? this episode yeah, yeah we want to make sure guys. we don't get booted out if you want to come back next week it's <laughs> a kristen episode <laughs> Oh my god, mine next week? I don't know. We're really selling this to people. <laughs> you guys, maybe don't tune in for a few episodes. <laughs> How to get listeners exactly. on your podcast. You 101. <laughs> well, I don't think trying too hard is good, right? No. I think we try enough. Yeah. Mildly. Yeah, I feel like we're like, we're just enough there. That I feel like that's a pretty good uh, representation of our lives, though. Many, many people's lives. You know, I feel like, like that's let's try how they can relate to us. Just enough to kind right? of like be aware that we're not trying hard enough. <laughs> right? <laughs> but whose life isn't like that? Like, who's such a go getter? Like, all the shows that are out there, okay, not podcasts necessarily, but like, people are such go getters. They have everything like just together and everything is like 
so next level. Their schedules are so packed. And I'm just like, who are you people? <laughs> but they don't have everything together. It's all an illusion. It just looks like they're together because we're not. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so they are together? <laughs> Social media. No, I mean, they're together maybe, but like not so together. I mean, they're better than us, but they're not amazing. <laughs> Well, that's what I'm saying compared to most people like us. True. You know what, you guys? Just listen to us. You love it. <laughs> this week's topic. Oh, my gosh. What is it going to be? It's a knot. It's not. It's a It's, it's a, a knot. Interesting. <laughs> there I am selling the podcast. We're it's the not worst. That interesting. It's not that interesting. It's not great. Also, don't tune in next week or this week or ever again, please. We're really going places, you guys. We're going to be stars. <laughs> if anyone gets that reference, oh boy. Oh my gosh, yeah. And you have to say it while you're kicking over a potted plant. If anybody understands oh. that reference, mm-hmm. you need to email us and you'll get like a really special prize <laughs> of being Very our friend special. or something. <laughs> Like, that's a prize. You admit we don't have a prize right away. No, no, we do have a prize. I swear it's really good. It's better than this podcast episode. Just Okay. (laughs) Just look the other way, people. You look the other way. (laughs) Jesus. Oh, my God. Okay, what's your topic? I'm presenting today? Oh, God. Good Lord. I was going to preamble this, but forget it. Sunscreen. We're doing sunscreen, everybody. There's some interesting stuff in here. However, I was a little bit bored by the topic. thing i've ever researched in my life <laughs> awesome um but there was a, a lot of hilarious like misinformation out there so oh my god yeah okay all right people <laughs> let's get our microphone nice and close so i let's can speak your out. faces <laughs> yeah all right sunscreen what is it well it's a topical product <laughs> <laughs> the dictionary defines sunscreen as <laughs> Oh my god, product. you can't do that when I just took a drink. <laughs> a my Why drink. are you drinking I was during totally my presentation? Gonna make that Should same we go to your screen? Okay. Yes, ma'am. Kidding. <laughs> Many sips because this is a nightmare. Okay, so it's a topical product that absorbs or reflects some of the sun's ultraviolet rays. Did what? you know that? It absorbs. I'm get to it. Mm-hmm. What the hell? So here is more scientific, a more dis- <laughs> Let's try that again. Here is a more scientific description from PBS. Ooh. I'm so happy that it's PBS because that feels like legit. I love Not that. like the yeah. usual like sunscreen fun time. Com. <laughs> yeah. SPF.com tells me <laughs> that I should buy their products. <laughs> okay. <They're laughs> oh, man. Giggles. Okay. There are two common types of sunscreen, inorganic and synthetic, which sounds the same to me, but whatever. Um, oh, yeah. Inorganic and synthetic. Yeah. So fake and also fake. Oh, no. I guess inorganic is like natural thing, but like not alive. <laughs> like 
zinc oxide that they mention. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Mm. I don't know. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I forget (laughs) chemistry class from great high school. That (laughs) was the worst. That was my, I hated that class more than anything. Do you remember that teacher that yelled at us? The spaz teacher, yes. an ass. You know what? His, he was obsessed with Sarah McLaughlin. So I'm like, you know what? Was he really? Yes. What a weirdo. Do you know that I think about him almost every time I make tea? (laughs) I thought you were going to say every every day. Uh, well, oh. it depends on how often I make tea. Because <laughs> oh, he yeah. was so insistent. Because he was kind of British, but like not. I don't know. Yeah. He was like half British or something. Yeah. But he like, always yeah. talked about like the chemistry behind boiling water for tea. And the best <sighs> tea that you'll ever have is like fresh water that's just been boiled you can't like reboil water like that's just not going to be as good yeah but there's a lot of arguments that like tea you don't boil it completely there's ones where you boil I don't it, care you that have, much. have to let it cool down yeah so he can shove it well i don't care that much i just think whenever i i boil mm. the tea or the water yeah, for my tea i think about him and i'm like what an idiot <laughs> i don't care <laughs> that's his legacy Wonderful. that is his legacy spaz <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so inorganic and synthetic. Line one. <laughs> oh my god! To be world's longest episode. <laughs> and they work by either blocking or absorbing UV rays. Okay, inorganic sunscreen is made with zinc oxide or titanium oxide, and it reflects and scatters UV light rays. The tiny particles of oxides act like reflectors of the harmful UVB rays, which are the ones that cause the skin to burn. But early zinc oxides were thick and greasy. So a second type of chemically synthesized lotion was developed. These lotions are made up of complex molecules that undergo chemical reactions with the sun's rays. The chemicals in the sunscreen absorb the UV rays and then release the extra energy as heat. So you have the ones that reflect and then the ones that absorb it and then release it as heat. So no way isn't that crazy what i had no that's idea crazy i had no idea either the absorbing one <clears throat> creeps me out i'm like don't absorb it sounds just creepy but that's skin. what we usually use yeah yeah um true. i wonder if nope. like if... <laughs> i have a lot to get through okay <laughs> good call you saw me thinking about it too <laughs> you were right you were right to do that <laughs> carry on <laughs> so uvb burns the skin while uva penetrates penetrates deeper into the skin which can lead to longer lasting damage okay um i'm just giving a bit of a pre-thing for so yeah, yeah. you all understand what's happening um <laughs> so basically make sure your sunscreen has both uva and uvb protection most do but okay. be careful yeah, if you got some cheap stuff that only has uvb that's not good um okay <laughs> Let's go right back. Ancient times. The sun has been around forever. People have been burning forever. <laughs> it has no way. It I didn't know it was around so long. You guys. <laughs> Next week, the origin of the sun. No, I'm kidding. Um, some modern cultures, particularly tropical seafaring folk, have natural sunscreens. Ooh. This isn't ancient. This is like now. People still oh, do okay. this. So in the Philippines, Malaysia, Indonesia, for example, they use something called borac or burak, which is made from water weeds, rice, and spices. No and, way. And 
Myanmar, is that how you say it? Myanmar? Yeah. They use a paste made of ground bark. Oh. Um, so they just kind of cover their it's faces. It's just chiclets. And <laughs> gum. Yeah. <laughs> Chewy gum. And actually, <laughs> wait till you get to the ancient thing. Okay. Okay. So just thinking about the fact that like people still use, some cultures still use the natural thing. You go back to ancient civilizations. Um, and then like the big ones like China, Japan, Egypt, like those, um, they were like really, the whole beauty ideal was like super pale skin for the oh. aristocracy and women specifically, right? So okay. they really were keen on like covering their faces, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like in Japan, for example, or China, they would use like parasols to cover their, right? Right, yeah, yeah. Themselves. But, um, oh, and in Egypt, we covered bef- in a different topic that they were into makeup and ointments. Yeah. And stuff. Um, and the makeup would help them look more fair, but it also sort of protected the skin from getting darker. Right. In the sun. Yeah, because if you have layers on top of it, it's going to help block mm-hmm. a bit, right? Yeah. That's right. In Egypt, for example, they use rice, jasmine, and lupin extracts to protect their skin. Um, people in other parts of the world have used clay and tar to protect their skin. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't go in the chicken coop. <laughs> Those are very different ingredients. Just... One's yeah. beautiful, like, flowers and whatever, and then the guys over there have, like, tar all over their faces. Well, I wonder if it was that bark tar thing or whatever that was... Oh, maybe. I think one of the early... So they probably did use chewing gum as <laughs> yeah. sundown. That's how sundown. they discovered chewing gum, because it fell into his mouth yeah. while he was putting sunscreen on. It's true. <laughs> you guys, you heard it here first. <laughs> and last. Um, Native American <laughs> tribes used a substance called, uh, I can't say it, whatever, pine needles to protect their skin from the sun. So I don't know if they used like cool. the oils from it or actual, I'm, la- I'm laughed imagining actual pine needles on their faces. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, maybe that's true. They weave them um, together in an intricate like face mask. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be interesting. And pinchy. Um, they also apparently used sunflower oil. The Greeks used olive oil. Olive oil to jack squat for protecting How would them. that help you? It wouldn't. They'd probably turn like, you know, extra. It's like suntan oil burns the Can crap I out of your skin. please tell you a funny anecdote yeah, from my childhood? Yeah, this is my allotted time for you. <laughs> I'll let okay. her speak after the ancients. <laughs> Go ahead. So when we were kids... My dad took us to the beach one time, but he didn't have uh-huh. sunscreen. He didn't bring sunscreen or he didn't have it or something. Yeah. And he was, he put baby oil on himself because I don't know, mm-hmm. he's weird. And <laughs> he was insisting with us that it's the same as sunscreen. And my sister oh, had a no. full on fight with him because she's like five years older than me. So I was kind of like, oh, I don't know, whatever. Just yeah. Much, I was much more like do whatever you're told type thing. Right. But my sister knew better because she was older. <laughs> and she was like, no, those are not the same things. They're the exact opposite thing. Like, you cannot put this on. And sure, yeah. like, he fought with her and he put it on me. And it's the uh-huh. first time I ever burned. I burned so badly. Oh, no. And ever since then, I burn every single time before I tan. But before then, oh. I was this little, like, dark kid running around. Like, I would just tan oh, immediately. No. Like, no problem. I'd get the nicest yeah. tans, like, and then I burnt that one oh. time so badly, and then ever since then, it's been brutal. Thanks, Dad. Yikes. So, sunscreen yeah. and oil are not the same thing. <laughs> oil is to <laughs> no, cook they things are in. not. 
<laughs> yes, and it does cook your skin beautifully. You'll turn beautifully <laughs> crispy brown with suntan oil and also cook yourself a nice cancer stew. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so as time goes on, humans were quite slow to figure out what actually caused sun sunburn. For the longest time, scientists thought it was from overheating. They actually didn't know anything about ultraviolet light yet, right? Oh, so, well, I guess that makes wouldn't. sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am going to kind of like mix um, the research and science kind of behind like skin cancer, not to be a Debbie okay. Downer, but that's kind of important yeah. um, with the suntan stuff, right? So first is more okay. of the scientific kind of stuff. So pre-1900s, we have 1777, a guy, Carl Wilhelm Schiele, demonstrated that paper strips dipped in a silver chloride solution became black after exposure to sunlight. So people are cluing in that sunlight can do things to chemicals, right? Or that chemicals, right? Oh, like, so they interact a with the sunlight there. somehow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh. Interesting. Um, in 1801, expanding on Chile's work, Johann Wilhelm Ritter of Germany discovered ultraviolet rays. Um, there's more Whoa, science so stuff early? that I don't understand. <laughs> I didn't, I don't go heavy into the science. There's no science in this. <laughs> At all. Um, Just Ritter like measured <laughs> Ritter measured the effects of light below the visible blue, leading to the discovery of the ultraviolet spectrum, which he initially called infraviolet, which is very hard to say. Infraviolet, infraviolet. which is why they've changed it. Yeah. <laughs> 19th century, um, with the invention of the modern microscope, people were able to identify, like, not just cancers, but more types of cancers okay right um so in 1804 there's a french physician named rene uh i can't say his last name at all lanac he made the first description of melanoma whoa um, in 18 wait 1804 mm -hmm. holy cow so people this is all happening in way earlier times, than i thought it would oh it's even earlier um in the sense that people in ancient times were mentioning like um like fungus growths on people's skin and that kind of okay. thing, but they really weren't cluing in that there was a connection between right. the sun and that kind of thing. Like it's, you know. Yeah. Um, but this is, yeah, 1804. And um, there were a couple people before that. It's all kind of a big mess. You know, science. It's like, yeah. no, I said that. No, I didn't. Um, so... He published a lecture in 1805-1806 where he actually used the term melanose, which he derived from the Greek for black over the years. Um, oh. So melanoma, I think because it it's like those black kind of, those dark yeah. uh, spots, right? Yeah. On the skin. Um, he had this teacher, and there was a bit of exchange between the two of them, as there is in basically any scientific <laughs> discovery. Like Tesla had his like arch nemesis and then mm -hmm. the Fahrenheit Kelvin guy or whatever. Didn't they have a big fat fight? And Probably. They Celsius all hated guy. Like they were all. That's the yeah. thing, though, is like science is such a competitive field because everybody's and trying to discover the, the new thing. And like bitch fights where it's like, you guys just work together. <laughs> but it's also that thing of like they've all they're all working on stuff kind of at the same time, which is why I think with history, yeah. it's hard to like pinpoint, okay, that's right. this one person was the first one. Exactly. It's like, well, like there were other people that were getting close to that same right. discovery or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And his teacher actually had a problem where he's like, um, 
suggesting that there's no mention of his own contribution to the work. <laughs> and the student, the funny thing is, like, apparently the teacher was a total a-hole. Nobody <laughs> liked him. Well, he sounds great. And the student was, like, charming and everybody loved him. And I saw <laughs> old, like, illustrations of him and he's, like, pretty good looking. And I'm like, this is hilarious. So <laughs> Classic. Like, who was it, right? Like, yeah. the bitter teacher. Maybe he did. Or was it the charming guy? Like, you know, it's so funny. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Scottish Scottish guy, um, surgeon, he is credited with operating and removing the first skin cancer. Um, he just called it a cancerous fungus at the okay. time. And it was only in 1968 that scientists confirmed that it was actually melanoma that he had Whoa. operated. Like, to... 1820, back we go, um, this English guy, Ever, Everard Holm, a very strange name, mm. he wondered why darker skin was better protected than the skin of pale people, Yeah, even though black as a color absorbed more heat, right? Right. Yeah, because, he, yeah, how does that work? Mm-hmm. He exposed his hands to sunlight, but covered one hand with black cloth. The exposed hand burned, and the covered hand was fine, but a, was at a higher temperature, so he concluded that melanin and darker skin absorbed heat and protected the skin. So that was his kind of finding. Yeah. Some guy in 1827 discovers basal cell carcinoma. That's a type of skin cancer. Um, 1878, a guy in Austria publishes his findings that tannin, um, which is used in leather production and in ink manufacture. Yeah, yeah. It's a yellowish or brownish substance. Um, and it's like a natural substance. You find it in bark and stuff like that. Um, he found that it could work as a sort of sunscreen, Oh, but it stains like hell, right? So he's like, nope, I'm out of here. It works as a bronzer and a sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> Just this horrible, weird, orangey, yellow color. It was the color. first spray tan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 1889, uh, Johann Widmark proved that it was mainly the ultraviolet rays rather than luminous rays that caused the redness of sunburned skin. So people are kind of getting there, right? Yeah. 1891. Um, this one's tough. It's worded like this guy made the first sunscreen. I kind of don't think so. I think somebody just kind of ran with it. Yeah. This information. So okay. um, he was doing a bunch of um, experiments and he's basically expanding on this idea that certain products can prevent sunburn, right? So he's... Right. Um like tinkering with like lotions and ointments and that kind of thing okay but yeah nothing really comes of it on the market anyway right mm-hmm. um then there's uh oh right so 1896 an association between skin carcinoma and sunlight was first described by a german physicist dr paul una so that's kind of interesting, I think. Cool. This doctor, in 1910, um, he developed a sunscreen from horse chestnut extracts. Um, and this pasty sunscreen was sold under the name of Zeozon. Or Zeozon. <laughs> it's such a stupid name. I'm like, what? He was probably um, like, it's so high tech. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know if this actually went anywhere. Like, it's not really mentioned in any of Weird. the like, timelines. Yeah, very, very strange. So I don't know if it's just kind of is ignored or he wasn't, wasn't actually... very good at marketing probably probably or maybe it wasn't marketable because there's right. examples of that okay now we're finally to the 1920s 30s 40s 50s where all the big stuff happens okay and there are like four main kind of pioneers of sunscreen 
Okay. Um, so after the 1900s, when the scientists discover that ultraviolet light can sunburn uh, your skin, right? Yeah. Um, they were like, okay, well, let's get to protecting stuff. Okay, this first guy, <laughs> Milton Blake. <laughs> I can't. This guy, like, there were websites <laughs> that completely discounted this guy. Completely. Mm-hmm. They say he um, was tinkering with sunscreen, but it didn't really go anywhere. Or he made sunscreen, but it just didn't work out. You guys, <laughs> this guy founded a brand of sunscreen that is still around today. <laughs> <laughs> So when you are researching or looking at stuff on the internet, remember, all of it's wrong. The internet is wrong oh about my everything. Gosh. Yes. <laughs> and we just piece together whatever we can. That's crazy. <laughs> like, ugh, it broke what, me. What brand is his brand? I'll tell you the story. Oh. This great little paragraph from this website, solbari.com. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to read it. So, again, 1932, Milton Blake, he's an Australian chemist. He experimented with the production of sunscreen back in the 1920s. It took him over 10 years to develop a product which could be sold commercially. Milton had read about a substance that absorbed the burning ultraviolet rays from the sun. So clearly people are doing the research, right? Right, right. With the aid of a heater, weighing scales, and saucepans for containers, he managed to develop a process which incorporated this substance into a cream. Milton's formula was tested by Professor Grant at the University of University of Adelaide, and it was found to have sun protective properties. In 1932, Blake Milton, yeah, I get it. 1932, Carla. Blake Milton <laughs> launched his sunscreen through Hamilton Laboratories. The name Hamilton was derived from his transcript signature, H.A. Hamilton. I don't know what a transcript signature is, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, With funding from friends and family, he was able to produce 500 tubes of sunburn cream. And this was the first known commercially available sunscreen in the world. So, no way. Hamilton Laboratory sunscreen. You can look it up. It's still around. Oh, my so, gosh. Cool. Yeah. But apparently, <laughs> it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. wasn't commercially viable. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my gosh. I think a oh. lot of the histories will kind of be like, well, if it's not big in America yet, then it's it's not. Then it's not big anywhere. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, really? No. You don't think like... Australia, the sun capital of the world, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> doesn't isn't on it? Yeah. Like, ugh. oh, brutal. The second guy, I started. I did all the research, but then I found out uh, that he financially backed a horrible fascist group in France during World War oh, Two. No. So he can just shove it. His name <laughs> was what was it again? Eugene. Schuler or something but he basically starts l'oreal the l'oreal oh company. really oh. yeah and i found out my cream is like part of the l'oreal group and i'm like no so i have to oh, switch no everything's <laughs> part of l'oreal group damn it i know but but it's good though better to know now yeah i mean i'm sure they've distanced themselves from it but whatever i just don't want to talk about the guy i'm like for i know yeah and if anyone's it. really keen go look it up he's there yeah <laughs> Um, I know that's kind of like, it sounds like I'm, you know, when historians, they're like, well, that's just history. And it's like, yeah, yeah but you, you don't what? need to like promote it now. Who cares? You mentioned that he existed and whatever. Exactly. And he wasn't even the first one to do it. So it doesn't anything. Exactly. Okay. Next guy. This is a fun story. Um, a Swiss chemistry student named Franz 
Greider, Greider, sorry guys, I don't know how to say his name. Uh, <laughs> he sets out to invent an effective sunscreen. Why, you might ask? <laughs> After suffering overexposure to the sun while climbing the Pitsbuin Alpine Peak in 1938, he was like, you guys, I need to make sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> go to working. a store. Go to a, the L'Oreal store and buy yeah. some. <laughs> working with his wife Marga, a trained beautician, they developed cutting-edge sun protection with luxurious skincare for Ooh. anyone who wanted to enjoy life in the sun. Guess where that description came from? <laughs> the Pittsbuin. Sorry, that's the pronunciation they gave me. <laughs> website because it's still around today. No way. His cream oh, though. that stuff. I, it didn't even occur to me. We bought that when I was in South Africa last time. It's so oh, good. Nice. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I really yeah, it's liked it. Yeah, like P-I-Z-B-U-I-N. Yeah, and I yeah. had never seen that brand before ever. Me neither. Yeah. And both Greg and my mom, because my mom grew up in Europe. Yeah. And Greg obviously grew up in South Africa. They both were like, yeah. oh, no, this is like a really good brand. It's like the higher oh level gosh. brand. Yeah, and I was like, "Ooh, okay, I'm gonna try it." Yeah, and I really and he does like it. specifically like it's very much. It's his product was called uh, released in 1946. It's called uh, again. I don't know how to pronounce it, but the English is Glacier Cream. Ah, and yeah, it came under the brand of Pittsbuin, and yeah, so. Oh my gosh, I love that. That's so cool. Yeah, his original <laughs> Glacier Cream had get this, you guys, a whopping SPF rating of. Two. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they say like anything under 30, like why bother? <laughs> yeah. So, you know. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> but hey, it was something. Um, but this is very cool. Fun fact. In 1974, greater, gr- greater, sorry, adapted earlier calculations from two other guys <laughs> and introduced the sun protection factor spf no way he was the guy that did spf yeah, yeah. Cool. which has become the global standard for measuring uvb protection in case Whoa. Know. yeah is that neat that's so cool when was that okay, 48 so or something he released his cream in 46 but then his actual spf thing happened in 74 oh 74 whoa mm-hmm. a lot of these guys mm-hmm. stay in the business for a very long time the next guy he also kind of um comes back like it's just very long like long yeah. legacies and everything so it's kind of cool that is cool um this next one he it's the most popular like story that's like this is who invented sunscreen but i mean stuff's happening clearly <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so um in 1944 an american airman and pharmacist um like creates a greasy substance it's called red well the name they use is red vet pet which is short for red veterinary petrolatum (laughs) to protect himself and other soldiers from ultraviolet rays during world war ii um it was heavy and unpleasant um but (laughs) and had a terrible name it stained fabrics too it was horrible yeah but it was waterproof inexpensive and non-toxic so it's kind of like well we need to protect our skin here you guys yeah just wear it just do it um yeah after the war mr green uh knew he was onto something and set out to make a consumer friendly version of the product right so -hmm. he actually mixes red vet pet with cocoa butter and coconut oil into a product that would eventually become hawaiian tropic Coppertone. No, 
comfort zone. Wow, yeah. Fun, huh? That is fun. 1950s, you guys. The purpose, this, okay, this is like kind of the understanding here. The purpose of sun protection was still to safely tan, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Not to fully block out the UV rays of the sun. So people still are not getting it. Uh, okay. In the 20s, they're very clearly like, you guys, you're going to get cancer. That's people are like, so Ooh, crazy. Well, freaking, apparently, I think it was like Coco Chanel who was like, everybody, you need to get a tan to look all fabulous. And then, of course, you know, everyone was like, and hilarious. Obsessed that, with tanning. Like in the ancient times and now, mm-hmm. it's like, don't go in the sun to right. make sure your skin looks nice still like yeah. screw cancer like still people don't even factor cancer and they're like no I, I just don't want wrinkles irony i suppose is that my skin is breaking out so bad with my sunscreen like oh, no. i have to like glug it on now and i'm like <laughs> cry <laughs> anyway get uh, some of that pet red pet vet thing. yeah look like a red tomato <laughs> yeah. i don't just get copper tone Dear, dear copper tone, give me the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, other random fun. Fa- you guys are so many fun facts in this topic. So, <laughs> when copper tone decided to go national in the fifties, they wanted wanted an artist to design their national ad campaign, right. and they hired a woman named Joyce Ballantine Brand, and her three year old daughter was the model for the ad. And if you guys are imagining a little girl in pigtails on the beach <laughs> with a little dog pulling her little bathing suit down, the copper yeah. tone girl. Yeah. That's, that's her. No way. Okay. Just wait a second. That's very uh-huh. cool. But also, was this lady's last name Brand? And she was a Looks marketing like. person? Looks like. Mm-hmm. She was, it was meant to be. I know. <laughs> Maybe she changed her name. Maybe. Man, people should. They should go back to that, you know? Like yeah, Smith's like this is son. what you do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I would change my name to like Copper Copper Tony. Tony. Copper, Copper Tony. <laughs> Good Lord. Tony I'm Copper fading Tone. Fast. <laughs> you guys, quick. 1960s. <laughs> okay, so 1969. <laughs> the brand you mentioned, Hawaiian Tropic. Yeah, I love the smell of that stuff. It's this so good. This guy was in Kentucky and he's like... He so was not Hawaii at all. No. He was inspired <laughs> oh to create a nice fragrant sunscreen after going on vacation in Hawaii and seeing the locals use coconut oil to protect their skin. They were probably baking up a storm over there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. Oh, here um, is that. Wait, what? I already did that. Sorry, guys. Okay, 60s is when sun protection became big business, like huge, right? Yeah. It's a multi billion dollar industry already Jeez, in the um, 60s it was already that big yeah holy quote listen to this sun exposure and cancer were increasingly linked as more studies are done but people love their tans and both <laughs> chemical sunscreens and self-tanners became more popular in the 60s right mm-hmm. so self-tanners are kind of getting there. i was gonna do the whole history of tanning and tanning beds but i'm like that's too much <laughs> 1970s 1977 specifically, water-resistant sunscreen is invented. Ooh. They don't last very long, or they didn't last very long. They still um, don't last very long, I feel. Yeah, they don't. It's, I think, yeah, 40 to, you have to reply 40 to 80 minutes every 40, 40 to 80 minutes. Yeah, like, right? who's going to do that? Or the minute you get wet, right? Like, you go in the water, and it's like, just comes off anyway, where they're like, yeah. it's water-resistant. I'm like, no. <laughs> 
There's just some oil slick around you in the water. <laughs> the fish oh, love it. <laughs> sometimes people do have an oil slick around them. And I'm like, what product are you using? Red pet vet. Right. <laughs> and or tar. Just, <laughs> or just olive oil. <laughs> Birds are all drowning around you. <laughs> Um, 1978, the FDA started to, that's the, what is it called? Food and Drug Administration? Yeah. Started to require all sunscreens to be labeled with an SPF rating. Um, this rule was made- Sorry, what year was that? Uh, 1978. Okay. This rule was made with the, with consumer safety in mind and is now an important part of sunscreen shopping. Um, okay, so 1970s, SPF advances all the way to- the level of 15. <laughs> Whoa, get out of here. Most people didn't know what that even meant, and they just assumed that you could stay in the sun longer without reapplying. <laughs> so they're like, oh, it's stronger. I'll just keep it off for 17 hours. <laughs> okay, so um, that Pittsburgh brand introduces sunscreens with ultraviolet A and ultraviolet, ultraviolet B filters. Whoop. So they so were, like, so it. ahead of their time. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Um, 1978, again, oh, sorry, I forgot to mention that at this point, a lot of reports are, like, in the long run, sun tanning is not good for you. Okay. 1988, the FDA approves a sunscreen product containing avobenzone, which I, you'll still see in your products today which is a UVA only filter. And I mentioned that because again, we weren't quite at that point where we have UVA, UVB together. Okay. Everybody was just like UVB, but then meanwhile, the sun is getting deep down into their skin and killing them all. Yeah. Um, then there was a fun thing in the eighties. I just wanted to mention it. Um, if you ever seen like movies or even now, like people with the stripe of sunscreen down their nose. Yeah. Or like colorful pasty stuff, like the yeah. kids. Yeah, it's zinc oxide. Um, it's a mineral sunscreen. Um, and in the 80s, what was the product called? Um, nose Coat by Zinca. And they still make <laughs> stuff. You can get it now and they have all different colors. So sometimes you'll see kids on the beach with like green faces or pink faces or whatever. And oh that's what that gosh, is. So. That's hilarious. Yeah. Okay. 90s comes along and the sunscreen business world just explodes. They're like mm. making kids' lotions, sprays, higher SPFs, different scents, different formulas, right? Yeah. It's just like mega bazillionaires out there. Um, so modern times, 2007, the International Agency for Research on Cancer published a study confirming the association between tanning beds and melanoma. And in 2009, WHO followed with their own report. And a lot of countries banned tanning beds for people under 18 because of these reports. Mm. Yeah, good call. In 2018, Hawaii bans the use of sunscreens that have chemicals like oxybenzone and octinoxate as they're harmful to coral reefs and yes. other marine life. Yeah. Yeah. A note about Hawaii, just as a bit of a off side note. Um, I just saw a girl went viral, a, na a native Hawaiian girl, for, like, she was pleading with people to stop visiting Hawaii. She's like, right, because she yeah. said, not just that the tourism industry really doesn't benefit the locals at all. She's like, don't mm. go to hotels because they're probably foreign owned. 
a lot of Airbnbs are foreign owned. Yeah. So she's like, we're not benefiting. But then she also is saying, you know, like, people aren't respecting the, the environment at all. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like endangered wildlife. You just shouldn't be touching basically anything in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just thought it was kind of interesting that like with the sunning, the suntan stuff, I'm like, how many people probably go and use, right? Like just whatever garbage. Totally. It's interesting because I was just um, looking up stuff uh, for a trip that my mom and I are going on to um, Africa and we're going to Zanzibar, which Mm -hmm. is this like island off of Tanzania. And it's really famous for like diving and snorkeling and all that kind of stuff. And so I was looking up some of the places and they have some coral coral reef areas there, obviously. And... um, but they said they're like you like you have to be aware of what kind of sunscreens you can and can't like they're right. very strict about it because they're like no this is going to damage like the ecosystems here you can't just yeah. like they are very careful about that stuff they right. won't let you dive in those areas or snorkel or swim or whatever yeah. if you've got that on and the only way to get there is by boat so like right. they can control a lot of the traffic of right. going yeah. there yeah, that's good. At least it was yeah, interesting I mean, though that I literally just read that, and I it, yeah. I it hadn't even occurred to me. And of course, like, you know, I'm aware of that stuff generally, but yeah. I hadn't thought like, oh, of course, that's not going to be very good for the fish. Like, it's also probably not great for our skin mm-hmm. either. The amount of garbage that's in all of these lotions and everything we yeah. put on us, right? I just yeah, and I just want to urge people like think before you travel. You don't have a right to just travel wherever you want. Mm. I think that it's time we reevaluate this idea that the whole planet should be explored endlessly because of all, you know, Mm. everyone's like this and that. And I know tourism can benefit a lot of places, but do your homework. If it's Mm -hmm. a good positive result, like where people actually do benefit from it, locals, I mean, then go for If not, don't. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I'm like a huge traveler and it's something Mm -hmm. that I'm really passionate about. Um, but it is that thing of like kind of being aware of what the like socioeconomic and political culture yeah. of the place is, environmental status, yeah. and all of those things. Like mm-hmm. taking in, in, like I'm a huge animal lover, and that's yeah. something I'm always aware of when I go to places where I'm like, I'm not gonna go to those sanctuaries. Like, don't freaking go and get your picture taken with a tiger who's sedated and yes. chained up to a freaking pole. Don't do it. Stop yeah. with that. Like. Yeah, that kind of exploitative don't tourism go, like, with pictures of monkeys, like just yeah, yeah, yeah. Just but it's the same things. like with humans, right? Where it's like, mm-hmm. and kind of knowing. I mean, I've gone yeah. to see some like African tribes where it's like, okay, obviously, we're paying to go see them, mm-hmm. but we went like on this like tour, and the tour guide that we had, he was like, we're stopping at this tribe because. You you can pay them directly in cash, mm-hmm. like they get the money directly. Like this, mm-hmm. they you're paying, you're handing it directly to the people that live mm-hmm. in the tribe. Yeah, and so it's a bit of a better way. You're not going through these other companies like setting up a tour, so you're paying mm-hmm. that company and they're just paying a portion of it yeah. to the people. And but they then taught you don't us know if like, there's like a shakedown to... afterwards, like somebody you know Could comes be. along and is like, it's like. It's just hard. But I think that's with anything, like Mm -hmm. with anything, you're not going to know if there's anything going on, but it's, they also are, are very reliant on that income. Like 
yeah. in Africa specifically. It's like a lot of their infrastructure oh, yeah. is based. Like tourism is a huge industry for them there. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have the tourism, then where does that leave people? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's just about like being as A lot like, of places can grudgingly support tourism i think like Mm -hmm. there are a lot of places like i know just like your province yeah they'll complain like left and right about the tourists that come every summer and it's Mm -hmm. like but you know what you benefit from it (laughs) you're fine you're fine that's (laughs) That's exactly it right there's not some major exploitation thing here however i will say if you are not respectful just don't go anywhere because yeah right like it just i've always been crazy about the environment just like you right and animals and the idea that people would go past boundaries, and people think I have like, I'm like really like a, that I have a stick up my butt because I won't go past certain boundaries, mm-hmm. right? And I follow all the rules. I'm like, a lot of them are there for a reason. I'm not going to go pet a monk seal on the beach or go ride a freaking sea turtle. <laughs> I full on right? in Mexico one time. I don't know if I've told the story on the podcast. I freaked out on this guy when we were in Mexico. Mm-hmm. We were in this like nightclub. And it was last call, and he was obviously, like, super desperate to get laid or whatever. So he's, like, hitting on all these, like, super drunk girls. And they weren't going for it. And so he goes out to the beach and gets a little baby turtle and comes and brings it in, but, like, just on his bare hands. And now you can't do that because you're basically, like, it's a death sentence. And it's already, like, they die so easily. Like, there are so many things out there to kill them. Hardly any survive. But if you're going to move them, you need to pick up the sand underneath it. Like, you can't touch them with your hands. I would Mm -hmm. never touch one anyway, but, like... Well, we had learned it from the people, like, at the place that we were at. They were like, don't touch them. If you need to move them, you have to, like, lift them with the sand underneath and then, like, move them forward or whatever. But if you touch them, you're basically killing them kind of thing. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. So he walks into the nightclub and he's showing these drunk girls this tur- this baby turtle. And of course, they're all like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. And I was like, I went up and started yelling at him. I was like, what are you doing? You can't touch this. Like, you think this is going to get you laid? Like, just like they're pretty drunk. Like, I think you your chances are pretty high. You're going to be fine. Can you lay off the animals? Like, I... Just went off. My brother was there and he was laughing so he's like, Whoa, you were like really angry about it. I was like, I was really angry. And rightfully so. Yeah. Right? Like we can laugh, but I would be just as like I would be enraged. And I do oh. get enraged. Like because I don't understand that mentality. I really don't. That entitled no. kind of like, oh whatever, and how people can't actually respect and so many people don't respect the wildlife. But it's just, it's because we're so the plants, uh, disconnected right? from everything, right? Like, we're so disconnected. You know what? That's no excuse. I don't live in the, you know, no, I No, it's really not any excuse. I'm just saying, right. like, that is the problem with humanity, is that we don't, mm-hmm. we aren't required to live as a part of the ecosystem, so we don't have an understanding of it. People are just dicks. They just don't watch PBS nature shows when they should, like, or <laughs> give something else a chance. Like, I'm not buying it anymore. But I my whole thing like, is that oh. if if you did live as part... Oh, I'm not giving them an excuse. That's not mm. me giving them a pass. No, I know. I'm saying that it's like, that is the problem with humanity in general, because yeah. we are selfish beings that we yeah. don't understand it unless, unless we can actually make that direct link between, like our role in the ecosystem so like by killing that little baby turtle it's affecting this and this and this and therefore affecting us there was like some lady that just came out where uh, she had a name for some kind of blindness where because 
like people who live in the cities for a long time, they actually don't really pay attention. They act like the kind of, it's almost like blinder, blinders where they don't really pay attention to any of the greenery around them anymore. Ah, yeah, I and can see so that. And so it becomes this like thing where they just don't even know the plants and trees around them. They're not even like kind mm-hmm. of aware almost. And I'm like, that's creepy. Right? It's like, crazy, but I totally see how that can happen. Oh, big time. Right? Yeah. It's but, crazy. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> yeah, um, I'm just gonna break up that heavy topic with a <laughs> random fun fact. 2020, a nonprofit um, dedicated to fighting melanoma, they're called Just Believe, set up a sunscreen dispenser in a Michigan park, and they've set up a few more, I think, since then. And I'm like, that is so fun, a sunscreen oh, dispenser. That's like, cool. Yeah, because I've I forgotten my sunscreen. Little... Yeah, so many times. I find it weird that their name is Just Believe. That's a weird name. Oh, it was like um, Jody, Jody's Believe or something. She was a... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And they just changed it to Just Believe, so... Oh, okay. That makes a bit more sense. They have a Facebook page if anyone wants to go um, and donate. Uh, so... I'm just talking Back to the Debbie Downer everything. stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> more than 90% of... Of cases of what skin cancer, I'm assuming, are caused by exposure to ultraviolet radiation from the sun. Um, exposure has increased partly due to a thinner ozone layer. Tanning beds are another common source of ultraviolet radiation. This is really crazy. I didn't know this. For melanomas and basal cell cancers, so melanoma is usually the more like dangerous, deadly mm-hmm. one. Um, exposure during childhood is particularly harmful for squamous cell. <laughs> skin cancers dad (laughs) but listen total exposure irrespective of when it occurs is more important whoa okay isn't that crazy so it's like this like cumulative thing and i'm like that is mind-blowing to me i thought it'd be maybe like one or two bad burns or something or just that really like unfortunate unlucky situation where your cells just decide to be like what but the idea of like that kind of total exposure over time i'm like that's crazy but i guess it makes sense over time my mom had weaker had one of those basal cell things, cancer Dang. things cut out of her shoulder. It's terrifying. Yeah. It didn't spread or anything, so she was okay. That's but good. like Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's so it's common. Scary. People, so yeah. many people have it. Um, skin cancer is the most common form of cancer, uh, globally accounting for at least 40% of cancer cases. So Whoa. Yeah. That's a lot. Um, a lot of them are like the non... Right. Like, right. Anyway. Science. Um, the non <laughs> dot dot dot. <laughs> Going back to traveling. Yes. Finally. Myth traveling. busting. You guys. Tanning before a tropical vacation. If you're white and pasty, do not do it. It's not helpful whatsoever. Okay. Because tanning before a trip to more temp uh to more like wait, temperate climates, whatever, provides about SPF for protection from the sun in terms of shielding from UVB burns. This means it will take longer for you to burn, but with enough sun, you'll still burn. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to protect you from burning whatsoever. SPF yeah. 4 is garbage. Also, it gives people a false sense of security. It does. They often skimp on sunscreen or don't go in the shade or don't use their cover-ups. Like, you have to think of yourself as a house plant, like, or a, any, pl- like, little starter plant that you started inside your house. When you put it outside for the summer and you're like yeah i have a beautiful plant if you put it in direct sun you're gonna kill it there's mm-hmm. no way in heck that, that you have to like what's that called it's that acclimate light kind of yeah. Plant. yeah yeah so you always always this is a nice little gardening tip put your plants in the shade 
You put them mm-hmm. in the shade, like for at least a few days, and then you slowly expose them to yeah. full sun if that's what they want, right? Any mm-hmm. plant, it doesn't matter, right? So that's what humans need to do. You go and you just basically need to like slather yourself <laughs> in sunscreen, wear you know, the cover up, so stay in the funny. shade. Yeah. It what? totally makes a difference. So when we went to Mexico over Christmas, yeah, I normally, like I said, I normally burn first and then it right. turns into a tan. Yeah. My sister-in-law is very, like, dark-skinned already. Mm-hmm. Like, she has a very almost, like, kind of Italian complexion. Mm-hmm. That is olive skin, yeah. Yeah. And so she usually tans, like, super well, like, super easily. Mm-hmm. She never burns, you know. And right. so she always made fun of me because I always turned so red. So, like, oh. when I, all of our vacation pictures, I'm always this, like, <laughs> oh, lobster. No. And so this time, I stayed in the shade a lot more than I normally do because mm-hmm. Greg doesn't because he grew up in South Africa and it's all that they're taught he's like he's had enough sun his whole life to like last him a right. lifetime so he's like no he prefers the shade he doesn't like getting right. too crazy hot um <laughs> so he was sitting in the shade a lot so I'd go sit with him and just naturally not be in the sun quite as mm-hmm. much as I normally am yeah And I ended up getting this nice, even tan, like this great tan. I didn't burn, like I burnt a teeny tiny little bit, but like not anything close to what I normally get. Yeah. And she actually got a burn. She burned her chest. And she was like, so she's like, how did this happen that I have a burn? She's like, it's so painful. (laughs) She's like, I've made fun of you all these years. I'm like, yeah. And her burn was like hardly anything compared to what I would usually get. (laughs) But I, I had a good time making fun of her for it. Well, that's good, at least. <laughs> and put it, to put a damper on everybody's fun, uh, quote, now we know that any tan is any tan, tan is a manifestation of DNA damage in the skin cells, just as sunburn is. So, oh, no. Yeah. So we're all screwed. <laughs> yes. So don't aim to tan, people. Don't aim yeah. to get sunburned. Don't, <laughs> nobody aims for that, but like bathe in sunscreen. <laughs> Also, so wear protective clothing, stay in the shade, wear the appropriate amount of sunscreen. You need a volume of one shot glass worth of sunscreen to cover the body. And I can't remember what it was for your face. Teaspoon, maybe? Can't quite remember. Um, And you should apply, uh, reapply often, right? And apply sunscreen 15 minutes before going outdoors, which I didn't know. Right. So... See, I learned that a couple of years ago. I thought it was forty-five it, minutes for some cool. reason, but it might be. Well, it, it takes this one time. Just said. It takes time to like absorb into your skin properly to actually be effective. Ah, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, that was a huge mistake I've been making. Yeah. Um, they say again, repeating from before, higher SPFs don't last longer um, than lower SPFs. So just keep reapplying. It's annoying, but just do it. Also, people apparently don't like to wear it because they think it leads to vitamin d deficiency which is not true <laughs> the there is like a little bit of an effect on the okay. spray like but it's negligible yeah and you can just supplement it have vitamin d take in a vitamin if you're yeah exactly um the reason i'm getting so passionate at the end is because i never took sun protection seriously i never wore sunscreen i was one of those tanning mm. people where i would get a really nice tan mm-hmm and then recently I've been burning more and I'm just like, when I read that thing of like cumulative sun exposure, I'm like, oh, great. Mm, yeah. And then the dermatologist found like a, that pre thing. Yeah. On my face. And I'm like, oh. 
And I have a few spots here and there that are like questionable. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh boy. So just now, at the tender age of 39, I'm suddenly applying sunscreen like there's no tomorrow. I'm like <laughs> yeah. ghost face over here. You guys should see me. SPF 60 is like chalky. My face, notice. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Not my arms. <laughs> 60 on my face. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was out in the garden. I'm like, yeah, I've got my sunscreen. And I looked at my arms. I'm like, why am I not covered in sunscreen from head to toe? (laughs) You guys, I love the sun. I love tanning. I love frying on the beach. I love it so, so much. Not tanning beds, but like, (laughs) I like the real stuff. And (laughs) like, it's so hard for me to be disciplined and wear sunscreen. Like, I know. I just hate putting it on. Honestly, I just Mm am not a fan of putting it on. Me neither. But I know like my chest burns like like really badly because I burnt it really badly so I'm like ooh I need to always I always put sunscreen there I always put sunscreen on my face my ears always burn I remember my ears everywhere else I'm pretty you know like you should do your ears but then I hate putting it on my ear it's so tricky Mm because I always put too much then I'm like "Eh, I know it is tricky but um there's some like new like um there's like, at least, say, at least do SPF 30. There's lots of lotions and makeup that have SPF now and All them. of my makeup has it in um, there, yeah. Yeah, and there are like some sprays. The sprays are questionable. Some of them have been recalled for because they're flammable, so maybe be careful with the sprays. <laughs> but there's lots of like roll-on ones. Like my sister has, it looks like a glue stick. You'd think it's an actual That's glue what stick. my sister-in-law has. It's almost, or yeah. like a little mini deodorant almost. Yeah, yeah, so the formulas are actually like improving, I think, yeah. that you're not so chalky. Um, yeah. And for the kids, just slather your kids. Let them oh, totally. be safe, right? But that's it. That's the history that of sunscreen. That was awesome. So, Good job, my for summer, you guys. And don't go outside. <laughs> it, I love that, like, one of our our failed intros was me talking about how there has been no sunshine here, like, at all. It's been so rainy. Today, the sun came out briefly. Aww. And Greg, like, our I mean, our offices are, like, next to each other. And I was, like, standing in the sunlight, the little, like, square of sunlight that was in my room. I was like, oh, my gosh, sunshine. And I went to go, like, say, I'm like, hey, there's the sun is out. And he's, like, standing in the little square of sunlight in his office. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then we went for and a walk, and we I'm were like just standing there like, this is on the amazing. window, wear your sunscreen. I'm going to be so annoying <laughs> yeah. now. Just now. Like, no, I'm Did kidding. you wear yours? I know. Hey! <laughs> it's true. You guys, I'm so annoying. <laughs> no. I kind of am sometimes, but whatever. Yeah, whatever. We all are. <laughs> okay, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, remember to like, subscribe, and review. It really helps us out. Um, you can follow us on Instagram. We are at podcast.or.something. Or you can write to us at podcastorsomething at gmail.com. And we will talk to you later or something. Bye. Bye.